Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We are so glad you are here. Our mission at the Church Leadership Podcast is to encourage and equip local church leaders to be disciples and make disciples. And uh, we believe every conversation we have helps to do that. And so we're glad you are here and you've joined us for today's episode. And we've got a great conversation that's very practical, I think very helpful for those of you in church leadership. Welcome, everybody. We're glad you could join us. Uh, This week, Mark and I are going to talk about something that we're passionate about, and that is something that may bore some of you to death. Uh, Staff meetings. We're going to talk about leading a church staff meeting, how we do it, some best practices, how we have failed miserably at doing it, uh, and maybe even bring some insight into what we've experienced with other church churches and their staff meetings. So we hope this helps you as a leader in your local church, whether you're a pastor on staff, to lead a staff meeting well or participate in a staff meeting and actually get something out of it. Yeah. So don't don't shut this off yet, okay? Uh, it, this is not going to be like maybe your typical church staff meeting. This episode's not going to be. And just because you're not a, a lead pastor or a senior leader, don't don't uh, tune this out either, because I believe you could lead from uh, where you are too, and you can influence change in some of the ways we do staff meeting. Because look, uh, Annie and I, we've talked about this a lot. You know, we've all been in those awful meetings, and. If you're like me, you're not a big fan of meetings in general. I'm certainly not. And and uh, I know Andy's philosophy is a lot like mine. We don't want to have unnecessary meetings. And we don't want to have a meeting just to have a meeting. And so, uh, you know, our thought process really years ago, after failing uh, at this for a while, our thought process independently was how can we make our staff meetings more effective? How can we have meetings that actually accomplish the mission that we're called to. And so we're going to share a little bit of insight uh, in kind of the way we do it or the way we would encourage you to do it uh, on this episode. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to start out, Mark, by saying this. Uh, I believe going through a pandemic where we were not able to meet corporately as a church body and even organizationally with our leadership, it really helped me reflect on and evaluate the effectiveness of meeting with your key leaders and staff. Uh, I I can simply say it this way. We figured out during the pandemic that a lot of, the, a lot of those meetings actually could have been an email. That's right. That's uh, right. So uh, I have since kind of stepped back and evaluated what information can we share beforehand so that uh, so that our minds are able to endure what our bottoms can endure in an amount of time that's helpful to all of us. Uh, right. So, so we we tend to err on the side of too much information before the meeting, so that we're not sharing too much information during the meeting. Now, absolutely, and and really, a good rule of thumb on that is: can this be shared in some way other than a face to face meeting in a group setting? Uh, if it's information, the answer is always yes, right? Absolutely. If you're just passing along information, the answer is always yes. I can, I can share this in another way, and so uh, you know, our church uh, really. I guess five and a half years ago, six years ago, we started using a digital platform called Slack. Andy, I know you guys use that as well. And so Slack is just a communication uh, 
module. It's, it's kind of set up where you can create channels. And uh, that's the way our staff really communicates between staff meetings. And so if there's any information, if there are any questions, if there are any ideas and even suggestions, all of that is shared right there on that platform so that we don't have to redo that uh, and, you know, waste valuable time during a staff meeting when we're all gathered because, you know, we could, we could meet to death and uh, we could bore our, our teams and even our churches to death with meetings. And uh, so we share all that stuff in between. And Andy and I even do this differently uh, because Andy has a, a little bit larger paid staff than, than our church does. And so they meet more often. We meet once a month for official staff meeting. And so ours looks a little different because we have to jam a little bit more in there than he does in his meetings. He'll explain his process too. But all of that kind of communication happens between meetings on Slack. And you don't have to use Slack. You can use any, you know, group me or, or whatever you want to, but, you know, find a way to communicate the information points so you don't have to use valuable time to do that in staff meeting. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's critical to think about, Mark. So I, I think let's just out of the gates here before we get started with tips and hints and tricks and stuff, let's talk a little bit about what a normal staff meeting probably looks like or has historically looked like in a yeah. church with uh, with more than just a sole pastor there. It, it could be a pastor with volunteer and lay leaders and, and, and key leaders who are meeting regularly, but when we think of staff meeting, we normally think of a pastor and staff uh, who sit down together, and, and it can be key leaders. Well, Mark, explain to us what the historical precedent that's been set for what a staff meeting looks like. So in my experience, staff meeting is, is where you gather, you know, in a specified time, usually weekly. Uh, and, you know, basically if you're a part of the staff, you mark out that entire day because your entire day is going to be spent in that meeting. And I would say the vast majority is spent doing exactly what we said not to do. It's, it's spent in giving information, maybe going over calendars, uh, you know, and, and events coming up that everybody already has on their calendar and uh, going over bits of information that um, may or may not be relevant or pertinent. And uh, typically there is some kind of prayer request time, usually, at least in, in the staff, you know, meetings that I've been a part of. And uh, but they're, you know, typically. Uh, related to, you know, any, any amount of trivial things, nothing, n you know, not that any prayer matter is trivial, but it's a, a, like John Chris, you know, he says, I'm not praying for that. Well, there's a lot of, I'm not praying for that request in those staff meetings. And so uh, basically I would say the majority of the meeting is information gathering or information giving. And then typically uh, in my experience, you would have, you know, one or two, points by the lead uh, person, the lead, you know, senior leader, lead pastor, senior pastor, whoever that may be. And, uh, you know, it's kind of directive. It's like, uh, this is what I need you to do. Um, and it may be that, you know, one person is, is maybe not doing what they should do. And then the entire staff oftentimes is berated uh, because of it. And so everybody has to hear all that. And then, you know, maybe there's a, a problem or two or 20 presented in the meeting and no solutions are ever given. And because there's just not time. Uh, oh, well, we'll have to figure that out next time. Um, we're, we're out of time. You know, it's eight o'clock at night. So that that's been my experience. It's, you know, you're looking around going, when is this going to end? And, you know, is, is this what cruel and unusual punishment really looks like? Mm -hmm. If you've been in those meetings, you've seen some of the following things happen. You've seen eye rolls, 
You've seen people doodling on uh, legal pads. You've seen people falling asleep during those kind of meetings. Yes. Uh, you've seen people uh, in the modern day of technology, you've seen people probably texting each other memes and GIFs uh, during those meetings. Not that so we would ever do that. I would never advocate doing that. Uh, but, people uh, posting on their their, their Facebook, you that's know, right. Instagram yeah. during the meeting. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's my guess here educated guests that a lot of people that are listening or watching this podcast, that is what a normal staff meeting looks like for them. So my question would be, first off, what should the purpose of our staff meeting be? And second, can we do it better? Can we improve on what we're doing and making it better? And by better, I mean, shorter, number one. Uh, Second, is it actually fulfilling the purpose that we have for that time that we've We've all penciled in and scheduled that time to intentionally be there and invest in that meeting. Is it fulfilling our purpose? In other words, is it a waste of time or not? So I, I, I honestly believe there's always a way, even some, if something's being done good, that it can be done better. So if you're if you're working on your staff meetings and they're going really good, then, hey, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear some of your tips and tricks on how you do it well, but I believe you established this first thing, and that is, what is the purpose of our staff meeting? Why are we even here to begin with? Uh, I came on staff here at a church that I'm currently serving at just a few months ago, and one of the questions I asked our staff is, why are we here? What are we doing? Nobody had an answer. We're just here because we're supposed to be here, was pretty much the general consensus of that. So uh, to me, the purpose of a staff meeting is, is you're supposed to get together for a time of spiritual uh, encouragement and equipping. You're supposed to be people who are passionate about praying for the church that you serve and taking serious the opportunity and responsibility we have to pray for those who have asked us to pray for them. And then third would be uh, everybody should be on the same page with whatever information that needs to be shared. And then in addition to that, there are some elements of development and equipping that you can include in those. But to me, staff meetings should fulfill some, if not all of those purposes. Absolutely. And, and, and Andy's exactly right. I think a lot of times, if we really were honest, the purpose of our meeting is because it's on the calendar and, and that, you know, if that's, if that's the only purpose you can come up with for a staff meeting, just cancel staff meeting, right? Mm. Just don't have it because Mm. there's no reason to meet just because it's on the calendar. I think you do have to determine what the purpose of of your gathering time with your team is, and uh, and hopefully it's to help you take the next step to to fulfill the mission that God has given all of us, and that Amen. is to make disciples. And so you got to figure out how best then can we do that. And so we've kind of taken cracks at it, and Andy and I would be the first to tell you that um, we've done it wrong, and you know we don't have it perfected. So we'll keep we'll continue to tweak it. Uh, as long as we are leading a team, we will probably continue to tweak the way we meet with that team uh, because we want we want it to be the best it can be, and there's always room for improvement. So what we're going to share with you are our thoughts and the way kind of we do it. But again, it's not perfect. Uh, just take this as an encouragement that you can you can also do better as well. Mark, let me ask you a couple of questions before we do a deep dive into how you lead your staff meetings or how I lead my staff meetings? Uh, Just a few general questions that might help everybody. Number one, who do you think should be in the staff meeting? That is a fantastic question. And it's probably going to be different depending on your context. Uh, So, you know, I'll just tell you, for example, for, for us, you know, our staff team is made up both of paid and volunteer staff members. 
And so um, we have kind of all hands on deck uh, in our staff meeting. So we have both volunteer and paid staff members as a part of that monthly meeting. I will say if we met more than monthly, if we met every other week or if we met weekly, uh, those groups would be a little bit different. I would still have an all hands on deck group uh, meeting, but I would also probably spend some time just with our ministry staff and then just with our paid staff. And so you've really got to determine, uh, I guess, the purpose of the meeting will will dictate who needs to be in that meeting. But at, at the very least, you really need to have all of your staff gathered at some point mm-hmm. so that they can feel ownership and, and feel included. Absolutely. I agree completely. I think uh, size and structure dynamics affect that greatly. The frequency of when you meet and who is in the meeting is going to be determined by, you know, how big of a staff and how big of a pool of key leaders and volunteers you have making decisions and and serving and, you know, organizationally uh, what your structure looks like. So I think different meetings require different people to be in the room. So my philosophy is uh, every single week we have a staff meeting around the same time, but there's different people in the room depending on the purpose of that particular week's meetings. So uh, let me ask you another question. How long should a staff meeting last? Ooh, another great question. I think this is one that, that again, will be determined on, you know, your context, uh, but as short as it can be, and still be effective. I think that should be the answer. Keep it Amen. As, Hallelujah. as it can be right. Nobody likes yeah. long meetings. I was once, once told that, you know, uh, by a seminary professor that, that, you know, there's no such thing as a bad short sermon. I, I don't know if theologically that's correct, but, but people don't tell you that's a bad sermon. The same is true with the meeting. There's no such thing as a short as a bad short meeting, right? Uh, people love those meetings. So I would say as long as it needs to be to accomplish the purpose you want to accomplish for us, it's an hour and a half to two hours. Again, we're meeting once a month for two hours, basically. Sometimes it'll bleed to two and a half if we've got some major issues to cover. If you're meeting weekly, um, I would say, you know, an hour or an hour and a half, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, would be completely appropriate. Well, apparently we meet your standards. We meet weekly in an hour to an hour and a half is kind of our our window of time we shoot for. We have an agenda so that we actually know what we're going to be meeting about and discussing that particular meeting, that particular time, that particular day, so that we stay on task and stay focused. Uh, but at the same time, there have been meetings we've been in where it goes beyond that time, not because we're talking about information, but we're talking about what the Lord is doing in our lives or in our church, and or there's a great need, there's uh, there's a, a crisis that's happening. So in those times, you can kind of uh, throw a time frame out the window, but for the uh, necessity of honoring people's time and being efficient and effective in those meetings, to me, it's a real struggle to go beyond an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. to ask people to to bring in that time. So let me ask another question, Mark. I think this is important that something that maybe people don't think about, is there is there a good place to meet that actually helps your purpose of having that staff meeting? Or is there maybe a place in your facilities that you would say, nope, uh, we're not going to meet there. That doesn't help us. I think that that that's a, a good a good point to consider because Again, if if you're wanting the meeting to be sterile and ineffective, then pick a classroom that is not warm and you know has hard chairs, and you're doing you're doing great, right? So my my suggestion is 
you need to pick a place, a space that is comfortable, that is warm, that's inviting, that really encourages uh, creativity and, mm-hmm. you know, and participation. Uh, so if, if you're in rows in a staff meeting, that's, that's a problem, right? right? Um, but even if you, you don't have facilities that are great and warm and things like that, well, just, you know, put, put a couple tables together and sit around the table together, you know, it, you know signifies team. And so I'll mm-hmm. tell you, um, and I know we do it differently here sometimes, but we'll either meet in one of our houses over a meal or uh, we'll, we'll bring kind of potluck meal to the church in our best space that we have in our student room and, and meet around the couches and chairs in there. So that's kind of what we try to do. Yeah, I know some people are blessed to have great facilities and, and have maybe a specific boardroom or conference room for staff meetings. To me, it's not necessary that you meet in the same space all the time. Once again, what is the purpose of that meeting and does that space help you fulfill that particular meeting's purpose? So uh, the less people you have, I believe, the more informal of a setting you need, make it more comfortable. Like you said, the larger group you have, I think the more formal you're going to have to be. I'm a big fan of making sure that you have the following amenities available in your meetings, coffee, uh, a whiteboard slash some kind of a screen or technology to share on, because you may have an agenda, you may have things in mind, but ultimately brainstorming is going to happen. Comments are going to come up. Uh, some way to plan and to visualize that is going to be needed in that group. So have a way to be able to communicate that with the group. And, and it encourages group participation when you have the right environment and setting for that kind of meeting. Because you don't want to be the only one coming in talking and everybody else nodding off instead of nodding in agreement. And uh, right. and then, then you leave. So That's right. And you, you make a great point. Look, if there's no coffee, there's no meeting as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah. that ain't happening. I have a friend that says uh, water is just coffee that hasn't reached its full potential yet. That's right. That's That's good. Well, let me ask this. This is kind of, I think, where we'll we'll kind of close out on. We'll actually give some examples of what we've done or what we currently do that we find have have been helpful in our context. And I use that phrase very carefully because, Mark, what you and I do in our churches may very well not work for somebody else in a different size or a different culture of their church. So uh, share with us a little bit about, uh, you, you've already shared, you, you meet monthly, you meet maybe in a home. Tell us a little bit about what you guys try to accomplish in your staff meetings. Sure. And I'll say, I guess one more tip as we get into this is my encouragement would be if you can make staff meeting feel more like a discipleship group or D group mm-hmm. than a meeting, then you're doing something. Absolutely. I think you're, you're on your way to effectiveness. And so that's kind of the way we approach it in, in our church. And so um, I'll just kind of, I'll just go through pretty quickly um, because it's fairly simple the way we do it. But uh, you know, when we, when we gather for staff meeting every month, we do have a meal. Um, our staff enjoys a meal together. In fact, what we do is we bring the staff and their families together for the meal. And so we get to fellowship uh, all as families. And then uh, you know, the, the spouses of the staff members then take their kids and, uh, you know, go home or, or whatever. If we're meeting in the church, they may go downstairs or things like that. And so then we get down to meeting. And so we always start with prayer and we, we really do uh, focus on they, you know, their individual personal requests, their family uh, needs, and then the church, you know, the church needs, not individuals in the church, but literally the church and what we're praying to accomplish. And so we spend extended time in prayer. 
And quite honestly, sometimes I don't get everything on my agenda accomplished because there's a need that we just pray over for one of our staff members. And that's okay. Um, and then we move from, from prayer to my favorite part of a staff meeting and we do the highlights. And so what we say, I ask them, okay, where's God working? Where do you see us accomplishing the mission? Um, you know, in our church, what are some stories that you're seeing that God is doing some work? And uh, it, we just celebrate. We spend a time celebrating. I think that's important. Absolutely. And uh, after we do that, we move to a gaps review. So certainly we talk about the highlights, but um, we, we don't call them low lights, but we do look at the gaps. Okay. Where aren't we accomplishing our mission? Where, you know, where are we missing something? Where, you know, where are needs going unmet and how's God calling us to fulfill those? And we always kind of review those at the end to, to make sure that some specific person is assigned to that gap and to that task so that it's not, you know, repeated every staff meeting. We want to make sure that we're, we're taking steps. And so we do that. And then uh, my second favorite part of staff meeting, we do a newcomer review um, where we literally go over all of our newcomers because I want my team to, to be informed and be familiar with newcomers. And so um, I'm, I'm going to be real. We Facebook and Instagram stalk our newcomers. And so we find a picture of our newcomers somewhere online. And uh, we, we, we literally show it in this meeting. So like, this is their name. This is who they are. Make sure, you know, you make contact and, and uh, they kind of they kind of make fun of us for doing that, but um, we don't hide it. I mean, when they come to our membership class, I tell them we we've already stalked you, by the way. And so uh, it's kind of fun. But we do that. So everybody's familiar with the newcomers. Then we talk about next steps uh, specifically for our church, um, for ministries, for our staff. Personally, uh, we talk about next steps and even calendar things like that. And then we go over ministry reports, you know, anything that that we need to know as a as a team about your ministry and so if you've kind of figured out by now i do a little bit of the talking up front and the team talks more the rest of the way which is the way it should be and so they kind of let us know what what needs are you know that exist in their ministry or you know what they have going on or, or what they need help with those kind of things and then uh, we do exactly what Andy said earlier. We, we kind of have a staff development time where I ask them, what have you been reading or listening to or watching that's been encouraging that would be encouragement to the team? Uh, so that that's probably every other month, maybe twice, uh, uh, you know, two times in a row. And then the third month, that staff development time would be a book that we read together that we'll just talk through, uh, things like that. And then we'll, we'll close with prayer again. And that's that's it. Um, and and you'll, you'll note that we don't have a lot of action in terms of decision-making because that all happens mostly in private conversations or over Slack, like I mentioned before. So that's kind of the way we do it, um, you know, every month. And uh, it's such an encouragement to me. And uh, I believe it's an encouragement to my team as well. Mark, I believe you've probably just sold some people on changing their staff meeting. <laughs> so, uh, and here's what I mean. They're coming to your house to do their staff meeting now. So that's what they're going to do. Since you invite your staff <laughs> over to your home, they're going to invite their staff over to your home. You're going to feed them and you're going to lead their staff. Come meeting. on, let's go. I, yeah. I, I, I can yeah. I can do it once. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I love the fact that uh, you and your staff do not take for granted that there is a desire to continually tweak and change and not only personally, individually develop as a leader, but even as a team, you guys are constantly kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. And I'm thankful that you guys aren't stuck with the mindset that, hey, we've just got to maintain and, and status quo. 
kind of thing. So I know God has blessed your staff. You have great chemistry in your staff. You've got a lot of momentum in your church. And I think that is because of the way that you have invested in your staff and the Lord's blessed that and honored that. And uh, being able to know some of them firsthand, I can tell you they're grateful for your investment in them. Uh, our staff meetings look a little different. As Mark said, we have uh, several paid staff members and a lot of uh, volunteers. But what I decided to do when I first came to this church was to scrap the traditional staff meeting that they were having, as we mentioned earlier, that would last two, three, four hours uh, of just information sharing. It was just a vomiting of information where you're talking about calendar and people and events and programs and you know, all these things instead of actually trying to accomplish something. And then tacked on the end would be a little devotion or a little time of prayer. Uh, so each week of the month, we meet weekly. And each week of the month, we have a different emphasis. We have a different purpose for that particular staff meeting. But all of our staff meetings begin in a very similar way. Uh, we catch up very quickly with how each other's doing. We have a time of prayer. And many times this is not only taking prayer requests for our staff, but also considering our members who have asked us to pray for them. We have a time of intercessory prayer for our church. And then we go over, like you're talking about your guests. Uh, we have uh, a member care needs. Like if there's somebody we need to touch base with that needs a call, a card, a visit from one of us or from, from me, we'll touch base with that. And then we'll talk about our guests every single week. We love to talk about our guests, not just how many, but like you're talking about, we identify them. We try to make a connection. All right, who brought them to church with them? How do we, how do we get an inroad to connect with those people? So that's a very fun time. Uh, so we do that every single week. And like you, uh, we ask questions like, where have you seen God at work in the life of our church this week? So we celebrate. We want to, instead of being Debbie Downers and Johnny Rain Clouds, we want to celebrate where God's at work. And we ask another question. We ask, who in the life of our church has added value to what we're doing. So we really push toward, you know, the mission of sharing the gospel, making disciples who has added value and helped us, you know, move the needle just a little bit and push the ball down the field. So we'll identify, it can be somebody on staff, a key leader. It can be a guest. It can be, you know, anybody in the life of our church. And that is so fun to celebrate that and to see. And many times after we celebrate that in our meetings, the people in our group, when we leave, they'll end up talking to that person or they'll end up reaching out to them and thanking them personally for uh, them adding value to what God's doing in our church. And and every week we always end in a similar way. You're talking about next steps. We call them action steps. Mm -hmm. We assign somebody to a task. Whatever needs to be done, we ask who needs to do it. Uh, when does it need to be done? Who else is going to be involved in this? How will you update us on progress? Uh, you know, how are you going to follow up with what we're expecting you to do and report back to us that is getting done? And then is there a need for us to communicate this with the church? So is it mm -hmm. something big enough that we need to follow up with the church? So that's, that's some questions that we ask. And then every week, like I said, we have a different emphasis, first, second, third, and then when there's a fifth, fourth, and, and when there's a fifth week in the month, uh, each of those weeks have a different emphasis. First week is we invite all of our staff, all of our paid staff, all of our key leaders, some of our uh, key ministry leaders, and even committee members are invited. We meet for lunch. Mm. We enjoy fellowship and hanging out, and we we do some strategic planning. We make sure everybody's on the same page of our calendar. We look back one month and evaluate, was that helpful? 
Did it accomplish our purpose? Will we do it again? And then we look forward two months so that we're all on the same page, so that our resources and facilities and people are allocated where they need to be uh, for that month. Uh, the, the second week of the month, we do what I call personal check-ins. We tend to have a really short staff meeting mm -hmm. that week. And uh, what I end up doing is I have a at least a 15-minute conversation with all of our staff and key leaders, ask them personally how they're doing, spiritually how they're doing, and even organizationally, how are they doing? Is there a way that I can better resource and equip you to do a better job of what God's called you to do? Um, that's a fun week for me to pastor the pastors in, in our staff. Uh, third week is really evaluation week. We we bring to the table the key areas that staff and key leaders are are responsible for, and you kind of give a report. How are things going in your area of ministry, students or worship or kids or whatever? Uh, what are your struggles right now? What are your wins that we can celebrate right now? And then we do a little bit of evaluation. We do uh, I get some sermon feedback at that point. We talk about our worship services. We talk about, you know, things that are happening in the life of our church and evaluate if they're helping us or, or hurting us. So we do the third week. Fourth week is more leadership development. It is more of a challenge kind of a, a meeting where I'm challenging you on where you are and pushing you to grow and, and uh, stretch just a little bit in your area of leadership. Like you mentioned, there's a a read, listen, watch list that we have. There'll be some kind of outside assignment we have uh, that you will be responsible for coming in or a concept or principle that we're going to discuss in our meeting. And then if there's a fifth week, it's fun. It's team building. I mean, we'll we'll do some fun activity. Food will always be involved. I mean, <laughs> uh, and it doesn't have to be anything super expensive or crazy. Like last week was a fifth week. We played uh, cards Christians like. So, I mean, it was a blast. I mean, uh, we had to get out Kleenexes because people were crying. They were laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, but every single one of those weeks and every single one of those meetings have the same thing in common that you mentioned earlier. We share information before the meeting. So you have time to look over. We still do a paper bulletin. We have time to look over the bulletin and review it and see if there's any corrections needing to be made or what information we want to share with our church, we've already discussed those things on a uh, digital platform where when we come in, we're not spending the bulk of our time discussing that. And the reason I felt like that was needed for us to have a different emphasis every week is because I wanted to invest in our staff and key leaders and shepherd them well and see them spiritually challenged and encouraged so that they can be the follower of Christ and disciple that they need to be so that we can lead our church because we will never, ever have a healthy church if we aren't investing in the health of our leaders and our staff. That's so. exactly right. I mean, that's the ceiling, right? I mean, your, your mm -hmm. church is only going to rise to the level of the ceiling of leadership. And, and uh, as you elevate the ceiling of your team, it's, it's going to, you know, elevate the, the, the ceiling of the church and, and the future. I, let me say this too. Um, so our churches are very different, in fact, you know, uh, in size, but also just in makeup. So Andy's church is, is a good bit more traditional than mine. And what you just heard him say, it, it, you may hear that and think, oh, well, he's, you know, he's in a church that's kind of modern, contemporary. Like, you know, he, he, he's in a very traditional setting, a First Baptist church in a, in a, you know, in a county seat town. And not only is he doing it, it works. And so I know this just from hearing from Andy, but also interacting a little bit with his team. Uh, it has re-energized that staff team. And uh, they've seen a lot of transition. They've seen a lot of, uh, you know, challenges over the last year, few years. But man, 
that staff team is on fire for Jesus and for that church and what God's doing there because the leadership is being invested in. And, uh, and I'm just telling you, I know from experience and from seeing it here and other places, if you just take the time like Andy does to do, just to invest in, pour into your staff, even if it's not as, you know, as, as much as what we just shared, even it's just a little bit of investment in their lives personally, I'm telling you, you're going to reap tremendous benefits. Amen. Amen. Well, our goal in uh, discussing this today and sharing this with you was just to help you. Uh, it may be you uh, have to just blow it up and start all over, or maybe you're going to tweak and change just a little bit what you're doing. Uh, or it may be that you realize that you have a far superior method and strategy to staff meetings than we do, and praise the Lord for that. So, yep. uh, but we just we just wanted to do something simple today, and that is to accomplish our goal and our purpose for this podcast, and that is to help you as a disciple to equip other disciples in your church to follow Jesus better. Absolutely, and we hope this conversation has done just that. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 